What does a group of teenagers, a pet dinosaur, and some super sweet superpowers have in common? All this and more on this episode of Lasers and Lockets. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Lee, and this is episode 15. Let's cue the news. News. Carrie Russell will be working with J.J. Abrams on Star Wars Episode 9, and I can't tell you how excited I am about this. If you're not sure who she is out of context, you may remember her from her breakout series, Felicity, or her role on Mission Impossible 3. Both were J.J. Abrams' productions, so the two have a really good history together, even though they haven't worked together in about 10 years. It's unclear what her role will be on Episode 9, but the show is slated to be released December 20th, 2019. I can't wait to hear more news about what her role will be and Episode 9 in general. Along those same Star Wars lines, I'm really delighted to hear that there is more Carrie Fisher footage being used in Episode 9 than we initially thought. According to the article I read, there could be footage from The Force Awakens as well as The Last Jedi incorporated into this episode. I'll be curious to see how they work it all in, but I've always loved Carrie Fisher and I was pretty heartbroken when she passed away. Lastly, some recent statements by Kevin Fage. Fahey? Fage? Oh man, I listened to his name over and over again before this episode and I still can't figure out how to say it. Anyway, some recent statements by Kevin, he's the president of Marvel, demonstrate that Captain Marvel will be departing from the comic origin story of her character in some pretty big and meaningful ways. He says that there will be, quote, a very different type of origin story, which we're excited to unveil to audiences. That Kind of seems a little vague, but still intriguing enough to get me hyped for the film. Alright, that's it for the news. Let's go on with the show. Tonight's episode is all about Marvel's Runaways. This series is only one season in, and the next season is coming out December 21st. If you're not familiar with Runaways, this series follows a group of six teenagers, Alex, Chase, Carolina, Nico, Gert, and Molly, who find out that their parents may in fact be supervillains. They undertake to sabotage their parents' plans and stop them from killing any other teen runaways and destroying Los Angeles. In the process, some of them realize that they have superpowers. This series falls in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it has tie-ins with the movies and events of that universe, which is pretty cool. Disclaimer! I'm clearly not the demographic for this show. It is a teen drama, and I held off on watching it for quite a while because I was worried it would be cringeworthy, because I am so far beyond the teenage drama that sometimes it frustrates me when they are all being impulsive and childish. But I was pleasantly surprised, and I think you will be too. Another disclaimer. If you read the comics, you will find some differences between the characters in those comics and this show. You may love or hate that, but I just wanted to give you a warning. I find the series refreshingly fun, and it is a largely female-driven series, so it was perfect for this podcast. 
four out of the six leads in this show are women. We will, of course, discuss all of them, as each of them has something interesting and unique to bring to the table. I'll try to be as non-spoilery as possible. I'm giving you a fair spoiler alert right now. It's hard to talk through these characters without talking about things that happen in the season, naturally. Let's go ahead and dive right in. I think we'll discuss Molly first. We learn early on in the season that Molly's parents were killed in a fire, and she was taken in by Stacy and Dale York's, Gert's parents. The circumstances surrounding the fire were suspicious, and Molly was the sole miraculous survivor of it. She's the also the youngest member of the crew. I believe she's about 14 or 15. Molly discovers her superhuman strength in the first episode, but you learn so much more about that through the season. I kind of think of her like a teenage girl Hulk. Her personality is defiant and determined. She never takes things at face value. I think that's a common theme amongst Molly, Gert, and Nico. But Molly is really, really defiant. Molly was not my favorite character. She frustrated me a lot. Of all the characters, she was the most annoying, I feel. In the comics, she was like 11, so a lot of the impulsiveness and the mistakes that she made were pretty excusable. But as they've aged her up to like 14 or 15, I mean, she goes to high school with them, so she's probably a freshman. Uh, I think some of her mistakes and her behaviors are super dumb and would be inexcusable for somebody of that age. I think, though, that Molly struggles with being and feeling alone. She is, as mentioned, the youngest of the group. She lives with a family that isn't her own. And while they appear to love her as much as Gert, I think she misses her parents. Through several flashbacks and things in the show, you see that they clearly did love her. And I think that's something that's important to mention about the show at this point, is that all of the characters demonstrate that black and white is not something that exists in the universe. There are gray areas with the parents, with the kids, with what's going on. And you discover that the parents may not have all started out evil. And maybe just over the past 15 years of sacrificing teenagers every year, did they maybe lose their humanity if they were human in the first place. We're just going to have to keep watching the series to learn more about them. All right, let's go ahead and transition to talk about Gert now. Gert or Gertrude is one of my favorites. She's kind of the brainiac of the series. She's smart, sassy, and full of life. She's often part of the comedic relief on the show. She has a huge crush on Chase, and there are some really funny moments about that. We definitely get to explore more about her relationship with Chase and also with her other friends throughout the season, and perhaps there will be more of that to come in season two. Who knows? Did I mention that Gert's parents somehow grew a dinosaur in their basement? And that dinosaur, Gert names her Old Lace in the last episode, is somehow telepathically linked to her? Yeah, Gert is the only person this dinosaur will respond to. I love the relationship between her and Old Lace. So, so much fun. It kind of harkens to a lighter Jurassic Park vibe. Gert feeds her whole chickens, Old Lace follows her and protects her. 
I just, I just sometimes wish I could have a pet dinosaur. I think it would be a lot of fun, especially the kind like Old Lace. All right. So now that we've talked about those two characters, we're going to move into two of my favorite characters on the show. Let's go ahead and start with Nico. Nico is of Asian descent, and they portray her as a goth. Side note, I think really only one of the group, okay, maybe two of the group, are white. Um, the other characters are black, Asian, Hispanic, just you kind of run the whole gamut of races, and I think that's kind of a cool thing. All right, back to Nico, though. We learn early on that Nico's sister, Amy, died, and the circumstances surrounding her death are pretty odd, and um, the death sort of rips her group apart and her family apart, and it's only just as the series begins that they start to get back together. So Nico believes that her sister died in a different manner than what her parents are telling her. And so she tries very hard to find the cell phone and the backpack of her sister that went missing the night that she died. I think that's one of Nico's most interesting characteristics is that she just is driven to find the truth, whatever it may be, whether it's good or bad, she's driven to find it. Side note, it appears that Nico wasn't always goth. It seems that she turned goth after her sister died, but I could be wrong about that. Um, They didn't really mention too much about it in the series. I get the feeling that she's hiding from something, but also that she wants to stand out and be unique. And it's kind of funny because towards the end of the series, when they're trying to hide and be more anonymous, she just becomes more and more goth. And I just love it. Her hair gets bigger and bigger during the series. And I think that's just one of the greatest things about Nico is she's just herself. Anyway, Nico discovers through the course of the season that she is a witch, and she can control a super cool staff thingy that listens to her desires, and she can control things like the weather. There is this super funny part when she accidentally makes it snow in her mother's home office, and then she has to figure out how to get rid of all the rapidly melting snow in there. It just, it made me laugh out loud. Nico, though, is one of the most level-headed and determined characters in the group. She strongly believes her convictions and she wants to see the good in people and she believes the best. She roots for the underdog. Nico's parents are probably the most drama-filled this season. Well, other than Chase's parents, but we're not going to talk about him. There's a whole other dynamic going on there. But Nico's father is cheating on her mother with another member of their evil group called the Pride. Nico sees the humanity in both of her parents, though, when she finds out about the affair. Maybe that's one reason why I really love her character. It's really more fleshed out than some of the other characters, and she's the one that sees the humanity in others and kind of holds everybody else to this this moral standard. Uh, It's kind of a refreshing take on this type of character. Okay, lastly, we're going to dive into Carolina. She's kind of the central character of the group and probably the one with the most depth throughout the series. And for me, that makes her my favorite character right now. Nico comes in a very close second. Carolina's mother owns the Church of Gaborum, 
which appears to be a bit like a cult. You know, they've got white vans and they take in runaways and uh, they sort of brainwash them. It's kind of interesting. But Carolina is a faithful member of the church and very active in the community. She appears to be a believer, at least at first. She's seen as the popular or uptight character, but everything starts to change and unravel after Chase rescues her from some really skeezy teenage boys at a party who tried to take advantage of her after she passed out. We discover that when Carolina takes off her bracelet, so she always wears this bracelet and all the other members of the uh, Church of Gaborum also wears this type of bracelet, but when she takes it off, she glows like a beautiful, sparkly rainbow flashlight. The special effect of it is really magic. I just love it. I kind of absolutely love that it's a rainbow-colored sparkle that she has, because Carolina is gay on the series. Whether it's a coincidence that she glows rainbows or not is totally up to the producers, but I think it's kind of fabulous. Anyway, I'm sure they'll further explore her superpowers in the next season, because she has some serious power. Or at least I hope (laughs) They will explore that in the next series, but I have a lot of questions about her and about her superpowers and who she is. Carolina progresses the most throughout the series. She goes from being a faithful Gaborim sheep to questioning the, the legitimacy of her mother's church and her mother and father's motives. I love her loyalty, though. She's still fiercely loyal to her mom and to her parents for quite a while, even up until the last episode of this season. She has a fierce loyalty to the group as well, and she's willing to go out on a limb for them, and in turn, they're willing to do the same for her. Carolina is reserved in expressing her feelings about things, but she eventually gets the courage to admit her feelings for Nico, and it's just a really touching scene. One of the best of the season, I think, and also one of the best um, of those types of scenes I've seen in recent uh, sci-fi series. The series has some issues with pace. It's really slow at times, and the beginning was quite slow. Not a lot happened until the last two episodes of the season, but I have hope that they can iron that all out in season two. It seems like the cast is really friendly with each other, and they have some good camaraderie. They also have excellent chemistry, especially between Nico and Carolina, Chase and Gert, and just, I I really like the chemistry that they have going on. Season one, though, did leave me with just so many questions. I'm curious if, if you all feel the same as well. For example, Who in the universe is Jonah, and why is he such an unlikable jerk face in the show? What is Carolina? Is she half human, half alien? Is she a science experiment? Is she inhuman? Is she a mutant? I just have so many questions about her. Also, what in the world is at the bottom of the hole? Is Molly a mutant, or is she inhuman? How did Nico's sister Amy really die? I want answers, people. Hopefully season two will take care of that. Again, keep in mind, these questions I have are based on the show and not the comic series. 
The show takes a lot of liberties creatively from the comics, and things are definitely not the same. The comics answer all those questions pretty easily, but the series, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That leads me to the recommendations for this episode. If you haven't had a chance yet, and you enjoy teen drama mixed with some really fun humor, or if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Runaways is a very solid entry into that universe. In the United States, you can catch Runaways on Hulu. Elsewhere in the world, I know you can catch it on actual TV in Canada and perhaps in other countries. I thought it was a bit odd that Marvel decided to go with Hulu for this series, but I guess they put it where they think it'll get the most exposure and make them the most money, because honestly, this universe is all about making them money, right? Also, I'm going to recommend Cloak and Dagger. It's on the Freeform channel. I'm curious to see if Runaways and Cloak and Dagger do a crossover, since they fall in the same universe, and they do appear in the comics together, so it would be cool to see a crossover event on TV. That brings us to the question of the episode, gentle listener. Who is your favorite Runaway? Is it Carolina? Is it Nico? Is it Gert? Is it the dinosaur? I mean, that is a pretty great character on the series, but I'd love to hear what you think. If you haven't seen Runaways yet, what comic shows would be in your dream crossover event? I've seen some pretty incredible crossovers with the DC Universe shows, and I would be interested in um, hearing if you have any ideas about those ones, or about Marvel, or about any other uh, comic series. I I could see a pretty interesting crossover between Buffy and Winona Earp. That could be pretty interesting, too. All right, I can't wait to hear your answers over on either our Twitter or on Facebook. You can catch us at both places at Lasers Lockets. And that's it for another episode of Lasers and Lockets. We'll catch you back here in two weeks. Until then, remember to turn off your camera flash when attempting to take a picture of a secret supervillain cult in your parents' basement. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. <laughs>